This is Leadership in Action, and I'm Casey Cheshire. Join me as we delve deep into the passions, expertise, and experiences of Boston area innovators. Sponsored by the Boston chapter of the Entrepreneurs' Organization, this is Leadership in Action. Here we go. Here we go. I am super excited. Oh, man, I've had my coffee. I had my water. I've got more sitting here, and I'm going to need it for today. For this conversation, I've been waiting to talk to who is this person? She is a serial entrepreneur, a financial management expert, a bookkeeping badass, and I will say a hella funny and fun person to talk to, and has a great name all to boot, member of the Profit First Professional Mastery, owner of Spark Business Consulting, Casey Anton. Welcome to the show. Why, thank you. What an introduction. That was awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Casey. Casey the Casey introduction. Let's go. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm glad you're here. I can't wait to learn from you. Uh, we've we talked a little bit about some of the things. I mean, I'm just dying. I got when I when I got my piece of paper out earlier, I was like, oh, I can't wait to fill this piece of paper. See this one right here? It's currently empty. I can't Ooh. wait to fill it up. Let's do it. And and we're gonna be talking about finances and business and all sorts of things. So let me just pass it to you by saying, what is a common misconception about leadership, being an entrepreneur and running a business? Easy, easy. Number one, the first thing that comes to mind is about profit. And that is that profit comes last or that it's somehow not important or worse that profit is greed. That is ridiculous. And the more I think on that, the more I've learned about this, um, it's actually absurd that uh, people don't put profit in its proper place. Absurd. It's not, it's not even like a bad, it's like, it's, it's atrocious. It's just gross. Like what, yes. what is going on? Why do we have this misconception? Okay, easy. So there's this thing called gap accounting. Casey, have you ever heard of it? Vaguely. Okay. Vaguely, yeah. yeah. So gap accounting, G-A-A-P, stands for generally accepted accounting principles. Okay. And it's what we, you know, it's what we all follow. Um, you know, you learn it maybe in accounting 101. Um, you learn it. It's, it's the way our tax returns, especially as a business owner, your schedule C's or whatever. And basically it follows this one popular or main equation. And that equation is sales minus expenses equals profit. And that's what we've all learned. Um, and that's what we follow blindly. And why not? Why wouldn't we follow it blindly? Because it makes logical sense. Sales minus expenses equals profit. Great. I can do the math. Makes logical sense. Seems simple enough. Yeah. Here's the major problem with that. Is it, it assumes that this logical equation is being followed by logical people. But what I have learned as a former restaurateur turned entrepreneur and working with hundreds of businesses over the last, I don't know, 15 plus years is that we are not logical beings and we certainly aren't logical when it comes to money. So restaurateurs, entrepreneurs, business owners, none of us are logical. If we were, we'd all have Monday through Friday, nine to five jobs with a steady paycheck and benefits, a couple of weeks paid vacation, that sounds logical to me. We're not logical. And I think that makes us freaking awesome. So that's why this equation does not work for us. It puts profit last. And as it turns out, Casey, profit is probably the most important thing about running a restaurant or a business in general. Yeah, uh, I get it. I, I was about to say, yeah, well, I'm pretty logical. And then you just proved your point. We're like, <laughs> look, if we were, if these entrepreneurs, restaurants, businesses, startups, all these, if we were really illogical, what we would be, you know, 
they, they have some pretty high salaries over there in the full-time gig. Go be a VP somewhere, right? Exactly. Exactly. We're not logical. And we follow this equation. What we're doing is we're putting our restaurants in the ground, so to speak. Yeah. The town, one of my favorite movies, right? So, yeah. So to, to, to continue so on. We put it last. We're putting profit, even in that equation, it's last. Yeah. We're putting it last. And when you now, put anything last. What it, about it, us being crazy makes that equation not work? So, well, here's, here's the thing about that is that when we put profit last, it's like being the, you know, the last kid kicked for kickball. It just seems unimportant. So what happens with what comes first sales, which is important. So that should come first. I agree. Sales. Great. Minus expenses. Okay. Well then let's, let's throw some expenses at it. And what happens is we're focusing on sales expenses, more sales, more expenses. And we go back and forth, back and forth. And then, you know, based on this equation, we're thinking like, okay, well, if we're really, really good you know, kids, kids, and we click our heels three times. We're really lucky we cross our fingers and maybe at the end of the day or year or century, we might have some profit left over to uh, do what with? Like, what is it? You know, to have a party? That's back in the company. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or that. Yeah, that's the number one thing. But the thing is, what I, I'm finding that entrepreneurs don't get is that profit is used for so many necessary things in a business. Number one, if you have any debt of any kind in your business, and it's kind of hard to find one that doesn't have some type of debt, the only way to service that debt is through profit. It's the only way. There's no other way to pay debt without profit. Well, there's one other way, and it's with more debt. So you need, <laughs> you need profit to pay debt. Right. You need it to invest, to buy assets, to grow, to thrive. And yeah, you should reward the owner or the team or whatever you want to do. I mean, what's the point? Otherwise, go get a nine to five job, right? So profit serves so many like extremely heavy hitting functions in a business. It absolutely should not come last. And yet it does. It does. It does. I even think about, you know, the bank account for, for my business right now. And, and I'm, I'm seeing profit accumulate because I haven't necessarily paid myself yet. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking of all the neat things I could do with that. that it would essentially eradicate the profit so I could grow or, you know, and, so there's that challenge. I'm, I'm experiencing that now, even though it's there, it's there, but I'm also treating it last. So, so what, what is the fix? If, if it last and last is well, actually, before we get to the fix, what is the outcome of doing this? Like what ends up happening if you do keep putting it last? Well, as we see, it, it's the failure rate of businesses all along. I'm not, and that's certainly not to say that every business fails and they don't. And what happens is some, just you either got lucky or they're naturally profitable because their business model worked. They figured out, you know, from the get-go or somewhere along the way that their sale, that their expenses should be less than their sales and therefore there's profit. And there's some businesses that operate that way and that's fantastic. Um, then there are others that don't even think about profit, but yet they just keep going after these series, I don't know, X, Y, Z, right, of funding. And they're just looking to get more people to invest and they haven't really thought about profit either. I just finished watching the Uber documentary series. Have you seen that, Casey? No, I haven't. Is it good? Super pumped. Oh, it's so good. But again, it's they're making a lot of these great kind of docu-series about startups and you know what happened to them. And what I the one common theme of many that I'm finding is that it's all about like what investors you can get on your board, who you who you can get money from. No talk at all about profit, which is so fascinating to me because you can't run these businesses without it. And it's not a happy accident. Profit is something that you choose. 
So what I found, well, could you speak? Sorry, could you speak to that? You just got me really thinking there because they're they're probably not mentioning the profit because to one of your myths that you're busting, there's that concept of profit as greed. So where where does that come from? What what is that? I I think it's honestly it's a great question and it's probably just lack of knowledge or or truly not understanding the numbers and certainly not understanding the numbers in a business and which is probably why. You know, I've been so fortunate and we have so much work here at Spark Business Consulting um, going on 15 years. We now have a, a two and a half, three month wait list to onboard uh, businesses because I think right now they are waking up to the fact that, hey, I, I should probably know what's going on with the money that comes through my business. I, they're just starting to wake up like you have to you have to know your numbers. And so I think that nobody really understood how important it is. It's almost like putting like, tons of dollar bills in a, in a dryer and turning it on. And then you open the door and you grab a fistful when you got to pay something like yeah. that's, I think how we have just thought about business finances because maybe one of the reasons is because of that equation that we were taught through gap accounting, right? That sales minus expenses equals profit. Okay. Let me follow this to the ends of the earth and see where it gets me. And it gets you pretty much nowhere. No. But if we flip it, whole yeah. new world, whole new world, Casey. Let's flip it. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. So here's what happens. If you flip this equation, right, and you just do, okay, how about sales? Again, very, you can't have a business without sales. Should come right. first. Sales yeah. minus profit equals your expenses. The math stays exactly the same, but everything else completely changes. So here's the thing, and this is all, I, this is not my, by the way, this is not it. my thing. This is from a book called Profit First, written by Mike Michalowicz. Um, he was written many years ago. I'm hoping many people have heard of it. It has been a number one best-selling book for years for business. And there's many iterations of it. And I am lucky enough right now to be writing um, the uh, iteration of Profit First for restaurants because of my background. But if you don't mind, I'm going to share something with you, just a little part that I wrote in this book. Is that okay? Yeah, sounds cool. So I'm going to share only because when I, first of all, this is the first and probably only book that I'll ever write. And it's been really challenging, but now really you say that until you're finished your yeah. first one. And you're like, well, it wasn't so bad. Right. That's like what babies, I babies, honestly. Books are like babies. Told. Once I birth this baby, uh, <laughs> which will be out next summer, we think. But it's, uh, yeah, it's a process. But so in this first chapter, I am trying to explain what this whole thing is. What is this profit yeah. first phenomenon I'm talking about, right? And I'm, and my reader is a restaurateur and having been one, I know that I have like literally like a half a second to get their attention. So I'm trying to figure <laughs> out a way, right, to put it in. So this is what I came up with. Maybe you can let me know if this speaks to you. Okay. So this is what I wrote, trying to explain profit first. Let's think on this. Imagine you're sitting in your accounting 101 class in high school or junior college. The teacher is up with the blackboard or the smart board or whatever they now use to teach. And they write this formula on the board. Sales minus profit equals expenses. And then the teacher tells you that in the business world, you start with your sales and then you take your profit and whatever is left over you, you use for your expenses. And then they go on to tell you that profit is essential to any business. And not only does it serve many functions, but by taking it first and thereby making it a priority, you have ensured the success of your business. These are basic facts and you're taking notes and you're learning all about how businesses work. Now, if we had never been taught that gap equation of sales minus expenses equals profit, then this lecture may not seem that exciting. We would simply take it as truth, okay, the way it is. We'd write it in our notes, hopefully get it right on the final exam. 
But then we would take this knowledge out into the world and we'd use it to in our own businesses or to manage other businesses. And this would be the norm. So the profit first formula, if it were a reality, if we said, okay, sales minus my profit, I'm going to put it over here, equals my expenses. The, the failure of businesses would be staggeringly low because they would automatically be profitable. And again, profit is required for any business. We'd understand that profit is a choice. It's a choice that we should be making every single day. And our businesses would absolutely thrive. What do you think? Is that a good chapter or what? No? Need some well, editing? Here's, here's my first thought. I even wrote it down. Is there is no way you're only going to write one book. <laughs> right? It's like it's not going to happen. Like writing, that, that was great. I was literally there in the classroom. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So I, you know what? I could, I could see how someone just being taught that. So yeah, whatever. Um, but then when you first told me that equation, it was like a little bit of a mind blowing experience where I was like, what, how does that math work? And then my brain was like, nope, technically that works. Um, mm -hmm. But then how, how do you know your, but it's almost like, don't we figure out profit after all these things? How are we able to actually move it forward? Aren't, aren't we kind of used to just it, it get it, it's shown up to us and we're like sort of like passively receiving it versus in this question yeah, you'd right. have to actually say this is what it is otherwise you wouldn't be able to pay your expenses right oh you're so ingrained in that gap i am i yeah, know because what you're really? telling me is like maybe i have a profitable business i don't really know and don't i have to wait to find out it's like no you're not gonna wait to find out like you have, I'm assuming that when you're going to go into business, you have a business model or a set of projections or both, right? And hopefully you're saying, okay, I'm going to sell pens and this pen costs me 50 cents and I'm going to sell it for a dollar. And then I have a couple, you know, I got to pay for my rent or whatever. And then I'm going to, you know, I'm going to profit 10 cents off my sale. That's a business model, right? Based off of what you're going to do. So if I'm going to sell pens, I'm going to sell them for a dollar. They cost me 50 cents. I have some other expenses, 40 cents worth. Then 10 cents is my profit. That's my model. So if I want to stick to my model and actually make that a reality, then why not on every single pen that I sell, take that 10 cents, put it aside, call it profit account, put it where I can't touch it immediately. So maybe like a remote savings account or something, or just another savings account and call it profit. And then with the, uh, the 90 cents that I have left from that sale, then, you know, form my business, you know, make the expenses at work the 90 cents. But right now with the gap for me, what we're doing is I'm selling this for a dollar. I got a dollar in my bank account. I log into my bank account. I see that dollar and I spend it because it's there. Because why not? Because those are my expenses. Mm. And we don't think to set aside profit first where you don't spend it. And this is the problem that I find every business gets into or just about it. Certainly every business I work with. So yeah. I'm just saying, Set aside. And I'm not saying that's the other thing I had to write in the book is I'm not saying, oh, OK, well, then I'm going to say that I'm 99 percent profitable so that I sell this for a dollar. I'm going to put 99 cents aside and try and run my business on one penny like legit. Like you cannot do that. I mean, if you can, right. I want in. I want to know what that business is, but you can't do that. But you should know what your business should be profitable. And I'm just saying, take it aside, put it aside and make it happen. Put it aside. You know, it, this. This makes total sense. Um, so my last company, we had gotten to the point where we were large enough and I don't know, somebody advised us along the way that, hey, why don't you be a, an LLC filing as an S Corp? And because we we're doing that, I was able to pay myself a salary and that made it much easier mm -hmm. to pull aside. Even if it was a lower amount, you know, maybe it wasn't enough, 
Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, some other accountants wouldn't be happy because you put it first, but you didn't make yourself realistically paid, but okay. But at least, at least you paid yourself and it, it got pulled out to yep. the point of that bank account so that you weren't thinking that you're going to spend it. But right now I have a new business and just an LLC, you don't have that salary thing happening. So it sounds like I need to set up some kind of distribution so that I'm not tempted to look at the profit and be like, Ooh, where can I invest all of this? Exactly. Yeah. And it's not a huge amount, like 10%. That's a pretty common profit margin. So, I mean, you know, you got a hundred bucks, put $10 aside. I don't think it's going to kill you. I don't think it's going to change the way you run your business. But when you do that enough and you do it on a regular basis, it's like building a muscle. And before you know it, that profit account or whatever you want to call that same thing is going to build up. And then what happens? So then you have like this asset that you've created, rainy day fund, whatever you want to call it. And you're like, wow, I did that. Let me see what else I can do. And maybe you move 12 cents aside or whatever it is. And you literally build a muscle. It's creating cash flow for you. The other thing that I love about doing this is that it's when you get really into it, and the book will, will describe it even more, where you, you put your owner's pay aside, owner's tax, et cetera, you get really into it. And it's like a living, breathing cash flow model for your business. Right. What happens is, is that you learn to look for efficiencies in streamlining your business because you don't have all that operating expense money anymore that you're used to, like, which was 100%. You have less. So now you're looking for efficiencies. And what happens when you run a business based off efficiencies and streamlining? You run a really, you run a really great business, like a really, and this is what I find. And we have probably, you know, close to 80 clients running this profit for a system through their businesses now. Every one of them has been transformed, like literally, except for one, except for one. And no. that one, and that one was my cautionary tale because it had to close and profit first bubbled up to the surface immediately like this business model was broken by doing like the profit first through with him we realized like oh yeah we're gonna bring all this profit back again because we have to keep back plowing it into your business because guess what here's your expenses far exceed any income you're gonna have and then you have debt which we had to bring on more debt I mean, it was it was a nightmare. And we but immediately like, I'm sorry, this is broken. We have there's no way we're climbing out of this hole. And the business had to close. And it, and I think it, it absolutely did this gentleman a favor. Because he would have just kept because they don't when they don't know the numbers, they just keep looking for more people to borrow money from. Now you get into the high interest, like, God forbid, the Shopify loans. And I love Shopify. But man, that freaking loan is not. They have, cheap. They have crazy loans. At Shopify. Yeah, there are some they're not cheap. They, and they know it because it's just, mm. it's for cash strapped businesses and they get you. Payday loan, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Naughty Shopify getting getting a little sketchy and yeah. down by the river. Yeah, everyone's in it to make a buck. And I make it I love them. I get what they're doing it. But um, yeah, it's almost the kiss of death when we see those, you know, this discover used to have one. There's a lot of big companies that used to have these. 40% plus fee type loans that are, you know, but, but entrepreneurs can be desperate enough. They just need the cash flow because they don't realize that really your business model is just broken. And if you need to find that type of cash, we got to, you know, we got to dig deeper. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So that sounds like even if you're not S corp or whatever, you just need to find some way to do the model first. It sounds like, well, tell me, do you, do you have like a step? Like what's the order to this? I'm, I'm full of all these ideas. I've written down. Yeah. Do you have like a, a roadmap? Like what's my first step? 
Yeah, absolutely. The first step really would be to go buy or download the book Profit First, the original book. It's for any business because um, it'll it'll really explain it to you. And it's a hilarious book. Mike is actually um, someone I know really well. He's funniest guy. He's one of the nicest people I know. So number one, I would buy the book. But basically what the book is going to tell you is going to have you open five accounts, five basic accounts. You have an income account. Then you're going to nickname this income, profit, owner's pay, owner's taxes, and OPEX stands for operating expenses. So these are, these are five accounts. We're, we're going to leverage your bank balance accounting right now. And all of the sales from your business, all your income goes into the income account, just piles up in there. And let's pretend the other four is zero to start the day. Got it. We got tons of it. So now we got 10 grand, let's say, in sales hitting our income account. Okay. Then based off percentages, we're going to populate those other accounts. And if you're lucky, maybe you can put 10% into that profit, maybe 50% into that owner's pay on a service-based business, maybe 10 to 15% in that owner's taxes, because now you're making some money, you're being profitable. There's going to be a tax implication. It's a good thing. And then we'll put that balance of whatever it was, 35, 40% in your OPEX. And that's what you get to spend on the expenses for your business is that OPEX. And then you can spend away all you want because we already took care of the important stuff. So that's the basic model. There are other iterations. Um, but what I would say, like if that seems too much for you, one, download the book, two, or, or buy the book. And number two, open one account and just call it profit. And you could do it at your local bank. You could do it at an online, say like I use um, Synchrony Bank or American Express Savings because there are no fees, no minimum, and they're high interest bearing as high interest as a savings account can be. And just move 1% over that's in your bank account right now. Just move 1% over. And then when you get more money in there, see if you can move another 1% over and just start there. And you'll see, hey, I've still been able to live and breathe and operate my business without this 1%. Maybe I can go to 2%. Maybe I can go to five. Just start working that muscle that way. Yeah. But the, you know, and the goal, the really the end game is, and I learned this from listening to the, the gentleman that started YNAB, You Need a Budget. It's a really popular personal budgeting app. I don't actually use the app, um, but, it's, but it is great. I just yeah. I use Profit First. But he had talked about um, in his speech about giving every dollar a job. And if you think about that, especially for your business, every dollar that comes into your business, if you can give it a very specific job, you go to profit, you're going to pay the owner, you're going to pay my staff, you're going to, you do that and be really intentional behind the money that comes in. I mean, worlds are going to change. It's an amazing thing because without putting any intention behind your money, it is literally like a free for all. Yeah. Yeah. The intention, right? It's always mm -hmm. like the most intentional yeah. wins. Yep. You know? Yeah. Okay, so get the book, open up an account, at least one account. Mm -hmm. More if we want to go even deeper on this. Yeah. Just start moving money over there. It, how, how about building out the models? Is this so something? Build, oh, building out the business model? Build out models or just go to. Yeah. So that's a great question. I mean, there could be a lot that goes into that. But honestly, to start with, I would. That's such a good question, Casey. No one's ever asked me that. I would, if I were, for example, Yahtzee. service. Huh? The Yahtzee. Yeah. I would, um, if a service-based business, I would put myself in your best client's shoes. And from, you know, from the minute they pay you, where that money goes. And that's kind of the business model. How much of that money goes to you? How much goes to pay your cell phone, your rent? Like whatever it is, 
how much was, I mean, and if you already have a tax return or a set of books or schedule C, you, you can see it. But I'm saying go down to that granular level of, okay, this guy paid me $100. Where does it go percentage-wise? And that'll be a real eye-opener for you to understand like where that money goes in your business. And that should be where it starts because, again, it's an eye-opener and some changes might need to be made. With the cautionary tale I'd mentioned, and this was actually a burger joint out by uh, Notre Dame, he literally, what we figured out was, for every, I think, dollar he made, 60 cents was going to pay his food costs, which is absurd because it should be 25 to 30. Then Damn. 40 cents was going toward his labor and salaries. And then another 20 was going to some overhead. Now, you know, I've just reached past 100%. Right? I was yeah, going to say it was negative. Yeah, because it so was cool. running negative. It was. And that's how we knew immediately the business model was broken. We tried to fix it, but it was too late for him. That was a hopefully a rare circumstance, but I would do this this uh, exercise now and just follow the dollar as it comes in and take it one transaction at a time. That's how I would do it. Makes total sense. I mean, I've experienced the opposite, and in in past lives and past companies, I've I've literally had senior executives tell me that profit wasn't that important, and it was really all about sales and cash. You know, oh, service based business, you just need sales and cash. Yeah, until you get upside down in that, like yeah. <laughs> you need to have profit. You need to need to show it that's important. And if not, if you can't show profit, then something's broken. Yeah. Hopefully you can fix it. Otherwise you're I mean, not running a company. Even a nonprofit needs profit. Like it needs or at least needs above zero to keep that money flowing in to keep the operations going. Right. So even a nonprofit, everyone needs it without it. It's just being backfilled by debt. Yeah. And debt comes from somewhere. Right. Most people don't like to look at the balance sheet because that's where the debt sits. And if they don't like to look at it or know it, they pretend like, oh, it's not there. I don't see it. So it's not where there. Where does the debt sit? Yeah. So debt is a liability and it okay. sits uh, on the bottom of your balance sheet, either under current or a long-term liability debt. And it's, it's a real thing. You know, that's a good question because sometimes when I'm presenting financials to a client and it's negative, they're like, oh, shucks. Damn, negative. It's like, no, what you don't understand is that's just not a, a bad report card. That money, that negative came from somewhere. And I'll show you exactly where it came from. Either it came from you not paying yourself, you plowing back, you know, earlier profit into your business to cover it, or most likely it came from credit card or loans or lines of credit or accounts mm -hmm. payable. It came from somewhere. So understand where that negative number comes from. Because again, most people are like, ah, oh, bad me. I'll do better next time. No, that's real money that you lost. Right. Right. It's not just a row on a spreadsheet. Yep. It, it actually indicates something and mm -hmm. it can get, it can keep growing if we don't pay attention to it. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, so I had a question around that. Um, don't know what it is, but this is fantastic. Cause I, I love that we're talking about minding these these charts and actually looking at these i mean how often do you talk to someone and they they haven't looked at a pnl in a long time oh i'd say every single day every day we have tried to train our um clients to look at them and some some will some won't but over but in place of that almost in place of that is is doing the profit first because if they're not looking at their pnl what they're doing is what we call bank balance accounting they're logging into their bank account every day and they're looking at their bank balance 
oh, there's 10 grand in there. Great. I'm going to make payroll. I'm going to pay my rent, blah, 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 blah. And before you know it, they just spent the 10 grand. But what they didn't realize is in that 10 grand is their profit, is their owner's pay, is their debt service, is their tech. There are so many things, but you just spent it all because you thought you had it. Right. So, yeah. So, so instead of yeah. that, we just do that. We, we allocate the money differently. And when you log in and we give nicknames to every account, you're like, oh, okay. Instead of that 10 grand, now I have six grand. Okay, now you can spend the six grand all you want because we just we just set aside the important stuff, your profit, your owner's pay, all the good stuff. Totally get how the bank balance accounting can can work. Um, and that actually reminded me of the question that I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, do you see a value to maybe using accrual accounting instead of just cash accounting? Does that help change your mindset or is that just more of a, a tax accounting thing in the back end? Yeah. So accrual accounting actually can be very deceiving. What I love about accrual accounting, again, it's more for logical beings, but I, what I love about it is it really gives an accurate picture of how a business is running, assuming that everything on it is correct. But with accrual accounting, right, it's based off of the, just the date that you put on your invoices to your customers or just the date of the bill regardless if your customers ever paid you or if you ever paid that bill. So it can be deceiving in that way, because if you want to see, even though in accrual, like, oh, wow, I'm looking great. But then if you turn over and look at the balance sheet, you're like, okay, but none of your customers actually paid you and you haven't paid any of your vendors. Well, then accrual sucks because it gave you this false hope that something's going on. So profit first is only based off cash. And when I'm working with clients, I only, I work up both. I always go, so cash is real. Cash is reality. Right. Money in and money out. It's no right. funny business. And then we look at cruel and say, hey, this, this is where you could be. If you actually had a better collection system and people paid you on time and you actually paid your bills, you could be over here on this accrual and this would be lovely, but you're not. You're on cash and this is the shit show that we're dealing with. So let's try and move from cash to accrual the best we can. So I like both. Yeah, I, I see. I see the the, the double edged sword there. I mean, I've definitely seen the benefit of as much as of a headache it is for revenue uh, recognition. The idea of saying, "Well, look, if you didn't do the work, you shouldn't claim this because exactly. then it looks like, oh, look, you have all this cash, but yeah, but you didn't do the work, so now you owe that work. So let's mm -hmm. hold off on claiming that until you do it, so that." you can actually see an accurate monthly, you know, are we profitable every month? But to your point, if you don't collect it, then it doesn't matter either. It's all moot, right? The money's actually not oh, there. You need to collect it, but then you also need to do the work so that you can claim the revenue. Yep. That's your model. Yeah. Yep. Makes sense. This You're fantastic. This is uh, so cool. I feel like I could talk to you all day, Casey with a K. Mm -hmm. Tell me though, who are you? Who are you? How do you know all these things? Take me back in time to like little Casey days. Did you always know you're going to get into math and numbers and accounting oh, and be an entrepreneur and all these crazy things? Yeah, no, little Casey K. Yeah. That's funny to me. Little Casey with a K. No, I always thought I was going to be in the restaurant business. That is all I wanted to do. Uh, I, I actually write this fun little story in the book too about my days of creating this mini little restaurant in my parents' dining room and serving them three course meals when I was 10 and stuff. So, and I did, I followed that dream. Um, I didn't go to college for that. Parents wouldn't let me. You know, they too narrow of a degree, they said. So I went to the University of Rhode Island and I majored in business and communications. But then I went right to work for the Chart House restaurant because I was still like a dog with a bone. Like this is I want to be around this community. I love joy, celebration. Not to Where mention. Where did that come from? Did you just I mean, a lot of kids serve people up food. 
but I just something about it stuck with you. It was more than just serving the food. It was literally, I mean, if you think about when people go out to eat for the most part, I mean, yeah, you have your business meeting, whatever, but even so for the most part, they're there to celebrate something. Mm. There's something. And I just loved being around celebration or people being happy. Like other people's happiness is what made me happy always. So I just wanted to be around that, hoped it kind of washed over me. I think that is like, as I drill into it, that's where that love came from. And then on top of it, I love food and I started learning more about food and, you know, drinks and learned out. And I, you know, I worked in every single position in a restaurant and from, from fast food to fine dining, I've worked all the positions. So I, I know it intimately. Um, You've done uh, the window at a fast food place. I've that's done everything. Yeah. That's pretty extreme. Windows a little that's a little much for my brain. Yeah, it was in a mall, so it wasn't like a drive up window. Oh, okay. I've never done the drive. Oh, did I? No, I don't think I did a drive up. Uh yeah. So there's a there's a lot. You learn a lot about oh, human nature yeah. there too. But eventually, like and I, you know, I ended up owning a couple of restaurants in Boston. And then um in my 30s and I got married and I had my son, I could, there was no way I was gonna be at a restaurant to 4 a.m. with a newborn at home. And at the same time, things were changing in Boston. I had two business partners and they were kind of going their separate directions as well. So it was a good, it was a good time to sell and get out of it. And then I thought, all right, what now? I can't really go back into the restaurant world as I knew it, where I worked 90 hours a week, you know, right. for the baby at home like that. I didn't know any other way to work in the restaurant business other than that. It was, it's all consuming. So I thought I would consult a little bit. And then what I found out is, um, well, restaurants, one, can't afford consultants, but two, like a lot of businesses don't understand their numbers. And it's just something I had a knack for. And it's only because I like story and numbers to me tell me a story. And when you understand like how a balance sheet and a profit and loss, like how they, how they work together, it tells you a really important story. And for me, it came naturally, even though I will say in college, accounting was my worst subject. I think I got a C minus was my worst subject in account. But real world accounting is very different from like school mm -hmm. accounting. So I just understood the story. And what happened was I, I, I was able to explain this to construction businesses and interior design and then like IT businesses as they would hire me and get referred. I would just be like, oh, I can tell you this story. And I would. And they just liked the way I did it. So it just kind of grew from there. Um, so we have like, oh, that's 260, 270 clients now. I have a staff of 12 incredible women um, that work full time for me. They are amazing. They do all the great work. But we do a lot of restaurants, probably 25 to 30 percent restaurants. And then we do construction, interior design. Spark It Up is our cannabis division. That's a fun one to work in because other than the obvious, very different accounting because they can't expense anything. It's still federally illegal, right? So you have, to, it's completely uh, different. Yeah. yeah, different model. I, different, I had no idea. So because it's model. federally illegal, you can't expense anything? You Yeah, there is only, it's, it, there's like this one sentence in the IRS code and it has to do with the farming and the growing of the actual plant. Like there's some expenses and you, what you try and do is you try and see what you can put in there. But other than that, there's, yeah, they're not, they're disallowed. It, it would be like allowing like, you know, a drug dealer to be able to have their own business. I mean, that's what it, that's what it reads like in the federal. Right. Way. So it's just fascinating. It's very different for us. So we're growing that division because it's it's just fun for us. Yeah, we work with a smattering of others. So yeah, but what I find in and out of all these different industries all the time is that the one common denominator, more than one common denominator is one, numbers don't come naturally to everyone. They don't see the story that we see. And two, that they don't take profit seriously. And it is, and once they do, It'll completely change their world, change their business, change who they are. It just up levels everybody's game. Gotta take it seriously. Yeah.
Um, yeah, how many times have I have I heard that and experienced that? And it's one of those things that, man, when is it finally going to sink in that you got to do that? You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure there's a lot of other things I don't quite listen to, but that that it's so it's so true. And and I, as you were describing this storytelling, you know what? It can be fun. Maybe it's because it's other people's P and Ls. Looking at a you know like interesting like what's going on here and there's there's they're spending here and oh that's how that's how much it takes to to run that or to produce that and there there is an interesting you gotta it's like a blueprint to see what it takes to make this thing it is and what's what we find all the time is that the story playing in that business owner's head is not the story we're seeing on paper and we're just trying to bridge the gap as a matter of fact i had a meeting this morning he's a screen printer has a retail and a commercial shop. He's out in Rockford, Illinois. Okay. And um, he, you know, he's like, oh, you know, what do you mean? Like I buy my t-shirts for, let's say $5 and I sell them for 30 and therefore my markup is blah, blah, blah. Okay, no, the numbers are showing that your markup is like horrible. Here's, mm-hmm. and he's like, but no. So in his mind, he knows he buys the shirts for five. He knows he's selling them for 25 or 30. So that's, he thinks that's his profit margin. And maybe you are, except for the numbers are not showing that. And why aren't they? And you drill in. Oh, maybe you're not. Maybe the vendor raised that price up to 650. Maybe it's not five. Oh, and maybe you ran a discount last week at 25% off. So you're not selling that t-shirt for 30 and that happened. Oh, and maybe this vendor actually double charged you on this order and you didn't realize it because, you know, the, the volume, like there are, and if you're not, don't know to look at those things, it's literally like driving down the highway in a convertible with all the cash in the back seat and the top down. Like that's what's happening. You're thinking you have all this money in the backseat, but it's literally flying out the back because you're not, you're not in control. Right. So that's the story that we like to, to tell our entrepreneurs and bridge the gap because what's going on in their heads, like, nah, let's bring you back down to reality here and find out what, why we're off. And it, it's, I mean, it's so common, right? The idea, I mean, even your earlier example, the driving down the road or just the, the dryer with money <laughs> spinning around, or like you're in one of those like hurricane tunnels trying to grab the cash in yep. the air. Exactly. Like it's in there, but because it's flying around, it's really hard to grab it. Mm-hmm. Um, it may not be in there forever. So, and yeah. you may not have control of it when it's in there either. And that's a scary thing. Right. You can control it. Mm-hmm. You absolutely can. And I, you know, I had, I had a client email yesterday. She signed up for profit first, but then hasn't actually gone and opened up the accounts yet. Like that's the hardest part is getting people to just open the accounts, open Four free checking accounts. Literally, is not that hard. I know you have, probably have to go to the bank. Although my banker comes to my office, which is nice. Yeah, you can do that. They're not going to charge you. You could do online. For having like a billion different bank accounts. What's that? I mean, I was just I was just thinking about the logistics of that. I mean, I mean, you can open just a bunch of these separate ones just to be able to allocate. You absolutely can, and most bankers yeah. love you for it because a lot of them get bonus off the number of accounts they open. So <laughs> right. it's that easy. But I have this one woman, she's she's a little behind. She's like, oh, she's like, all right, I promise next month. I'm like, hey, no problem. As soon as you as soon as you want to start making money, just let me know. Because it really is that simple. That's not even me being salesy or, you know, glib. It's me, literally, if you want to start making money in your business, just do this. It will it will happen. And if it doesn't, it means because there's something wrong with your business and let's fix that. But right now, if you want to just make money, just do it. It's that simple. Wow. Wow. Totally cool. I mean, I've, I've written some some actions down from that. I can't wait to take yeah. action on this whole podcast. I'm sure everyone else is, if they're listening, maybe at a computer, they're just going for it. Otherwise, they're taking notes on their phone as they're walking or jogging. Yeah. My next question is a little bit of a hypothetical question for you. Uh-oh. So I see I may or may not have a time machine up here in New Hampshire. 
So let's say you come visit, we get some beer, get some lobster, and we play with a time machine, right? It's in the backyard covered in a tarp. So we use this time machine, and but it's in particular. So it takes you back in time to meet yourself. It, you meet yourself after that business degree. Um, a couple of days after business, communications, you're ready to go rock the chart house. Mm-hmm. You get to meet that version of you. What kind of things would you tell her? What kind of things would you tell yourself? Yeah, I thought about this one before. Um, it would, what I would tell her would absolutely be about values. It would, it would be to know and really understand and fulfill what values are important to me and live true to those. Because if when I think about that, if I understood really like what values make me up, make me who I am, what are important to me, that would have saved me so much stress, relationships, um, growth. I mean, there are so many things because what I have learned in my extreme old age, you can you can deny me on that, Casey. You can be like, no, I'm yeah. not old. Everyone should just log into YouTube. Yeah. You can watch this on screen and you'll <laughs> see how complete full of bull crap okay. that is. But yeah. Uh, so what I have learned about values is that not everyone shares the same ones. Mm. And if you know that from the get-go, you're going to save yourself a lot of freaking heartache. <laughs> like a heartache, stress, whether it's with employees or bosses or spouses or whatever it is. Two people with two completely different sets of values, chances are they're not going to work very well together and there's going to be a lot of strife there. So, but when you surround yourself with people who do share your core values, whoo, sky is the limit. So when I learned, first of all, did a lot of work on what mine are and then made them true for my business because my business really is a reflection of me and then started hiring based off of others who share at least some, if not all of the same values, Wow, it that is that literally is a game changer. Surround yourself with like mini yous or people who are just all on the same planet as yourself, versus people that I made made the mistake of having in my life or hiring in the past. Who I looking back now, going, oh, that's that was never one of their values, which still to me is kind of shocking. I'm like, isn't everybody like me? Or not to say that I'm the greatest in any way. It's just I I have very strong values in certain ways, and I need to be around people that share these. And I think everyone needs that. So if I knew that in my 20s, I think I would have guided myself my life very differently than now. But unfortunately, that's something that's one of those things you just don't learn until you're old and it's too late. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's not too late. I'm just kidding. When you're old. Well, it's not too late for you. You've got plenty, plenty of books in your future. Tell me, where can people reach out, connect with you? They want to connect professionally, you know, the LinkedIn's, the socials, and then also um, website for the company, you know, how do they get in line with all those other people? Get in line. Love it. Um, yeah, so our website is pretty much connected to everything. And that is just sparkbusinessconsulting.com. It's S-P-A-R-K as in spark plug. So sparkbusinessconsulting.com. That's also our handle on um, LinkedIn. Uh, not, I don't know what it is on LinkedIn, to be honest with you. I should. It's just Casey at sparkbusinessconsulting.com. I think on LinkedIn, but on Instagram, and Facebook, we have a pretty decent following there. We like to make um, accounting fun, bookkeeping fun, consulting fun. So we do put a lot of stuff out on social media. So that is absolutely, you know, the best way to see who we are. We're updating that stuff all the time. Plus, we, we like to create tools for the different industries 
that we work in. Like I have tons of restaurant tools I've created. We have a whole bridal division. We have bridal stuff. So wow. lots of fun stuff through the website. Um, and then of course you can just email me directly and that's Casey with a K not a C Casey with a K K A S E Y at spark consulting.com. And that's emails me directly. And I'll get back to anyone, especially, especially if you've heard this podcast and you are about to, or have opened up at least that first account. I want to know, I want to know that I've, I have helped in that step to changing your life and your business. So let me know if you've opened that account. Well, at least one's going to happen. Cause I literally pulled up citizens bank and yes, sorting it out. It's one. like, pre-apply now it's like guys just give me another account like, don't make me jump through hoops yep but yeah so at least one is being created good now, i love it after this uh and then i also saw on your website by the way i love it <laughs> it was like please sit in our, our waiting room there's candy and then there's there, in the background there's a sign that says maybe swearing will help it always helps <laughs> it always helps but i also see on their schedule a deep dive call with us so that, yeah. like that might be something that you know so that's a, a paid for like, diagnostic hurt, call right? Yeah, um, but it's it's very discounted. Um, it's about a forty-five to a, an hour call. So if you're if you're someone out there like you know what, I really want someone to kind of deep dive and and, and tell you my problems, what's going on in business, talk about my business model, whatever it is that you need. That's what we do on the call, and then we also include if you happen to have a set of financials or QuickBooks, and you send us just a backup file or an invitation to it. We'll spend offline like another like half hour, hour going through your financials and we'll send you a Loom video recording of what we're seeing. We're going to tell you the story that we see of your financials. And then you can take that to your bookkeeper, to your CPA, to do whatever you want with it. But it's just like another diagnostic, another set of eyes telling you the story of what's going on in your business. We've been doing that um, for years now. And I tell you, that's probably one of the biggest things that we get people to say, wow, that was incredible incredibly helpful and whether or not they become clients is a different story but just that diagnostic that deep dive usually sets people on the right path so it's been great so cool i can't wait to sign myself up for all those things <laughs> okay and you see the casey name floating by on your computer can't wait. Like, oh, hey he must have listened to me on a podcast somewhere mm -hmm. <laughs> well thank you so much for coming on here i and I feel like time is just literally warped by. It did. Um, but man, I've learned so much and I've had so much fun doing it. Thank you, Casey. This was great. It's a great way to spend my afternoon. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. And your sound is perfect. Loved it. And you remember that blank piece of paper from earlier? Yeah, well, let like, me see it. The time. <gasps> here it is. Right. One side, back side. Ready? There it is. Uh, and, all right. I'll send you the final. Oh, I ran out later. of space. I ran out of space in there. So it's awesome. like my papers. That's great. So good. Yay, well, thank, thank you, you again. And for those listening, if you learn something and I freaking know you do, and I know you did because all these notes that I have over here. So share this with one other person, uh, another CEO, another business owner, restaurateur, anyone that you've encountered that, that uh, probably needs to know a little bit more about their numbers. Yeah. And, uh, and you probably know who those people are. Share this with them just so they can hear this. That way they make their account. If you don't already have a second account, do that. Take the steps. Man, good times. Casey, you're the best. Uh, Casey, you're the best. Yes. Thank yes, totally. you. Thank you. And All right. With that, this has been a really cool episode of Leadership in Action. We will see you all next time. Leadership in Action is sponsored by the Boston Chapter of the Entrepreneurs Organization. As the world's only peer-to-peer -peer network exclusively for entrepreneurs, EO helps transform the lives of those who transform the world.